I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sarah. And together we're the co-founders of Whale Tales, a living library of cetacean stories. It is still Orca Action Month, and we are celebrating by doing things a little bit differently and a little more frequently here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So sit back and enjoy as we dive right in. Happy Wednesday, happy June, happy Orca Action Month! Whoop, whoop, whoop. It's still happening! Indeed, indeed. As you might have noticed, we are exploring a different killer whale ecotype every week this month, and today we're going to be looking at the orcas of the Galapagos. Before mm. we get into it, can no. I just say, oof. Uh-oh. <laughs> Trying to learn about orca populations other than the residents and bigs orcas here in British Columbia, when Google knows that you're in BC, is hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very, very, very hard. Um, so yeah, just just bear with us as we, as we explore what we know about Galapagos orcas and what the internet algorithms <laughs> will let us find. <laughs> So there's an especially small amount of verifiable information around the Galapagos population, but here is what we do know. You can see orcas around the Galapagos Islands, mainly around Isabella, Santa Cruz, and Fernandia at any time of the year. But the best time to see them is pupping season, so usually in the northern hemisphere's summer, because this population is most likely a distinct population of the bigs ecotype from the North Pacific, most notably due to their prey preference in the area. It usually consists of sea lions, of which there are a lot, a lot. in the Galapagos, sperm whales, and oh, man. rides whales. I want to see a killer whale take down a sperm whale. Holy oh, yes, that would be bonkers. Um, we did not see any killer whales when we were in the no, Galapagos. No. We, we also saw, know that <laughs> we saw many, many other things and many sea lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but no killer whales, not surprisingly. Um, and that's about all we like verifiably know about the Galapagos population of killer whales. Um, <laughs> yeah, super exciting. They are there and they eat. Things, yeah, that other killer whales eat. Um, But this is also a a big call for, like, more science. There's Mm -hmm. lots of research happening in the Galapagos. I'm sure somebody could study whales. We have not been able to find any photo ID that is at least available online. Maybe there is, like, local photo ID available down there. Send me on a research trip. I volunteer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, So there's just very little information that is geographically relevant to the Galapagos and also accurate online. So if you're looking for a project, I don't know who will pay you for it, but go study Galapagos orcas and tell us all about it. We will be delighted to hear about it. We will. And, you know, even though we didn't see orcas while we were Mm -hmm. there, we did spend quite a bit of time in the Galapagos and we vouch for it. It's It's great. It's great there. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah. Plus, 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 for sure. I mean, really, of all the orca ecotypes that we are covering this month, if I was to pick the destination I would like to spend time doing a field study, it would be there. <laughs> I like Scotland. I like Iceland and Norway. Not that I've been to either of those places, but I have been to Scotland. But the um, ambiance, the weather, the time of year and temperature all fit mm, perfectly with Galapagos. So go there, 
go study them, and then share your whale tales with us. But when you do, I have a little bit of a, uh, what's a polite way to say this? <laughs> um, a pet peeve. in bonnet. <laughs> a bee in bonnet. Yes. Uh, yes. A, a bee in bonnet. For those of you who are not whale level patrons of ours, you will not know this, but in our Whale Tales Watches, a special Patreon only podcast that we do uh, every month or so here and there where we watch something and then discuss its biological accuracies and inaccuracies we always pick our pettiest pet peeve and guess what you two i have a pettiest <laughs> pet peeve about orca action month oh. and in particular people's i'm going to be gracious well-intentioned comments about orcas anywhere in the world other than the pacific mm-hmm. specifically the eastern pacific so, ocean mm-hmm where the we are. Salish Sea? The Salish Sea, and you know, like down into yeah. Oregon, like California to Alaska. Like yeah, yeah, all the way, all the way down to, you know, Ecuador. If you're not in one of those places and or you're not talking about the orcas in that geographic location in the Eastern Pacific, please, please, please stop using the term resident and transient. Hmm. This happens all the time. It happens in comments. It ha- like you know, we even see them in comments. And again, mm-hmm. that's why like it's well intentioned. People learn probably about BC's killer whales first. Yes, that's very Pacific centric. I'm aware of that fact, um, but it's very well known that that is the best studied ecotype, plural, of killer whales in the world. So if you are a person like all three of us were when we were young that were excited to learn about killer whales if you just start searching about killer whales i prop i believe that it is likely no matter where in the world that you are if you're starting your killer whale research you're gonna be very quickly directed to learn about residents and bigs killer whales in british columbia and that's awesome because they are awesome but you know what? So are all other orcas. And that's why this month we're focusing on other <laughs> populations of orcas. And the term residents and transients, which is what Biggs Killer Whales used to be called, those terms are distinct to those ecotypes as they behave and are genetically bred by themselves. We don't breed them, but like genetically <laughs> Distinct. I don't know. Yeah. Distinct. Yep. Yes. Distinct. Yeah. Here in the Pacific. Yeah. We don't use those terms to refer to orcas anywhere else. And even outside of like truly the Salish Sea kind of up to Alaska and down to California, even like even outside of those areas, those terms really stop to ha- they stop having any meaning. So a perfect example, okay? As I'm researching, trying, trying to research the Galapagos orcas, I found a Galapagos tour site, like an official website run by a tour operator in the Galapagos, which Lindsay and Sarah and I can vouch, fantastic tour guides. Yeah. PK, if you're out there ever listening to us, <laughs> we miss you a lot. He was our tour guide when we were in the Galapagos. Um some of the best interpretations, some of the best naturalists I've seen in my entire career in the Galapagos. But this website drove me 
bananas. Because when you were trying to learn about the cetaceans in the Galapagos and you click on the orca, I would expect a website that is operated by a Galapagos organization would have information about Galapagos orcas, right? Wrong! Mm. Wrong! They start talking about residents and transients. And then I'm going to read you a direct quote, listeners, from this website. Good news for those cute little Galapagos fur seals. Resident orca pods, such as the Galapagos orcas, tend to prefer fish, whereas transient pods prey more on marine mammals. Oh, 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 so bad. But if you just listened to our podcast, (laughs) you'll know that the verifiable research, which, as we said, is really, really small, but the research that we can find actually shows the opposite, that Mm -hmm. the population of orcas that does spend time in the Galapagos whenever they are there... They are eating marine mammals. <laughs> so even though they may be resident based on its actual definition, not ecotype yep. name, but like Just they, they live, live there. there. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you can call them residents and then all of a sudden they'll eat fish. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh-huh. yeah. And like even here in the last 40 years, as the salmon populations off our coast have changed, the so-called resident populations have changed drastically and are less... Mm-hmm. Like resident. they have less site fidelity, less they're less resident than they used to be, and the transients yeah. are less transient. Yes, that's one of the reasons why like, they renamed the transients. Exactly. So yeah, we should also rename the residents, but that won't happen. No. And you see this, you see resident and transient. You know, as I was doing the research for all of our episodes this month, in the Scottish population, in the Norwegian population, in the Icelandic population, you would see these terms creep up. And one of the first things that I was trying to do in prepping for all of our podcast episodes was try to identify what is the actual ecotype mm-hmm. in yeah, yeah, yeah. these geographic Yeah, that's locations. where I get tripped up also because again as we've talked about it's not clearly defined anywhere else except for maybe Antarctica than it is here and like you talk about Scotland and Norway and Iceland and they're all technically the same ecotype but they're all different populations and it's just like I don't get it and then there's all of these ones in the tropics that I'm like I don't know I don't know this is why I'm I'm learning as well (laughs) and but one of the things I've learned is that it's not a binary. Orcas don't eat fish or mammals, and that's it. We already yeah. know that. They Everybody eats everything except for the residents because they are picky. And that's yes, basically their problem. But think, look at everybody else around the world. Like uh, the WA, uh, Western Australia orcas eat fish, squid, beaked whales, they tried to kill a blue whale once. Like, they eat basically anything that's yeah. there. Yeah. So. And just because a population of orcas is called resident in terms of they mostly live in one small range, that has nothing to do with what they eat. So this is our call to action for Orca Action Month. We're supposed to take action. <laughs> this is the action we'd like you to take. If you are listening to this, first, thank you. Thank you very, very much for listening to my TED Talk. Um, <laughs> but please take action by going out. And if you want to learn about any orca ecotype or any population of orcas anywhere in the world, make that your first goal too. try and figure out what actual ecotype that animal is and then 
use correct terminology. Yes. Together we can change the world and stop frustrating me. Yes. <laughs> and we should probably do a better job too of not talking about just residents, but like talk about northern residents and southern mm-hmm. residents. Okay. Hooray. <laughs> that was a good rant. Anyway, that's the very little we know about Galapagos orcas, plus a and rant. The lot we How feel. fun. And the lot we feel. <laughs> Uh, before we go, if you haven't stopped listening, um, we want to take a quick moment to tell you about one of the ways you can support our podcast and everything we do at Whale Tales, aside from going out and changing the world one naming website at a time. <laughs> you can join us by becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash whaletales. You can join us for as little as a dollar a month at the porpoise level or as much as $10 a month at, at the whale level. And each level comes with a variety of fun perks. Our whale level patrons last month got access to our new Patreon-only podcast, Whale Tales Watches. We put out a new episode last month with the live-action-ish Little Mermaid, and it was very fun. Thank you so much for all of your ongoing support patrons. Mm. We are so appreciative of everything that you do and your support. You are amazing. And if you can't support us financially, we understand. And you're amazing too. Thank you for listening to us. We would love to hear your thoughts on this episode or any episode. What are your feelings about (laughs) Orcas or Action Month? What are your pettiest pet peeves about the cetacean world? We'd love to hear any of your thoughts. So please visit our website, whale-tales.org, where you can find links to all of our social media platforms so that you can drop us a line. You can also head to our website to subscribe to this podcast, read over 1,200 whale, dolphin, and porpoise stories. And I don't think we have any Galapagos stories, but there's Mm. lots of other awesome uh, whale, killer whale ecotype stories all over the page. But there will be one coming! Spoilers! (laughs) Spoiler alert! That's whale-tales.org. Tales like the stories, not tales like the animal. And if you've seen a cetacean in the wild, we would love to add your story to our library. You can click the share link on our website. You can contact us on social media. We're at whaletales underscore org on Instagram. Or you can email us a voice memo and tell us all about your incredible cetacean encounter. Finally, we want to acknowledge that we recorded today's episode on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples and the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, as well as the homelands of the Tawasan First Nation. We will be back next week with some more Orca Adventures, a very special Mm -hmm. of all the specialist, specialist, most special Orca Action Month (laughs) episodes. But for now, thank you again so much for listening and for supporting us here. We hope you have a whaley great day.